Hollow Mountain Publishing presents My Castle, Book Two of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 31. Fighting with David. Katie walked into the mess hall, with David following behind her. All the seekers in the room jumped up and gave their salute. She hid a smile when she saw the seekers jerk the pure hearts that once lived with Lizzie up on their feet, telling them in an aggressive voice, You will show respect to the great white wolf. Looking around with frightened expressions, they put their fist to their chest. Everyone, she said in a loud voice, I would like you to meet David Black. He is the Great White Tiger. I expect you to show him the respect that goes with the title. The Seekers, not facing their direction, immediately turned, giving him a firm salute. The pure hearts that had been staying in the compound followed the Seekers' example. The newer pure hearts looked around, obviously wondering if they were in a Twilight Zone episode. Katie walked towards the line as it melted away. She grinned at David as he followed her, watching him frown when the line formed once again behind them. Is all this really necessary? He said under his breath, obviously uncomfortable. I felt a little weird. When the Seekers started saluting and giving me special treatment, Katie explained under her breath, Now I see they need to have a strong impression given to the Pure Hearts who their leaders are. The Pure Hearts need to learn how to respect you, David. It is absolutely necessary. They know you are the leader. By default, he said under his breath, Katie stopped. She knew this was not the time to have this conversation but she was definitely going to revisit it in the future. Walking over to the pure heart table, she could see three seats were available. Katie could feel her knapsack starting to slip down her shoulder. Trying to adjust it as she walked, she didn't see an empty chair until she ran into it. Trying to keep her tray from dumping, her knapsack slipped down and spilled onto the floor. David automatically placed his tray on the table in front of him, helping her pick up her things. Katie stooped down, grabbing her extra clothes and underwear, jamming them back into her bag. She looked up, giving him a quick smile when she saw his frozen features. Not understanding, she looked down. He was holding the box of condoms Reginald had given her. There on the floor for everyone to see the little round container holding her birth control pills. Grabbing the plastic container, she couldn't stop the heat rushing into her cheeks. David jammed the box of condoms in the bag with jerky movements. Getting up quickly, he grabbed his tray of food and sat down, not looking in her direction. Her heart pounding, she sat down moving her head so her hair fell forward, blocking her features. A new pure heart tried to sit on the other side of Katie. 
Hey, what are you doing? Zack said to the startled pure heart. That seat belongs to Jackson. He sits next to Katie. No exceptions. David threw down his fork. Getting up, he walked out of the room. Katie paused for a moment before following him out. He was walking fast towards the parking lot. She ran to catch him. Grabbing his arm, he jerked it out of her grasp. Hey, I thought we were supposed to talk out our problems. Not now, Katie. Yes, right now. Ignoring her, he reached the parking lot and jumped in his Jeep. Before he could pull away, she jumped in the passenger seat. He gave one look at her and peeled out of the parking lot. He drove like a maniac to the plantation house. Pulling up to the drive, he slowed down to stop, gravel flying in every direction. Get out, Katie. No, not until we talk. You do not want to hear what I have to say. She paused for a moment, ready to tell him she had never had sex with Jackson. You've made your choice, Katie. Now get out of my car. I made a choice here? She defended herself. Might I remind you I witnessed you kissing my best friend? Don't you put this on me. I'm not the one having sex with every guy that looks at you. Who am I supposed to have had sex with, David? I gave you the benefit of the doubt. When I heard about Tyler being in your bed, I automatically defended you. There had to be another explanation. I told you the story just tonight while Tyler was in my room. That was the only time he was in your bedroom? Katie's blood was beginning to boil. I don't have to explain my actions to you, David. You chose candy over me. You left me. I just transformed into a tiger. I needed you by my side, and you left me. So, you immediately fell into Candy's arms. How convenient for you. Don't you put the blame on me. David pointed his finger at her. Jackson has always been between us from the very beginning. If he wasn't standing there in body, he was present in your mind. That's not true. I was crazy about you, and he could feel my emotions. You had a funny way of showing it, by sleeping with him. You dumped me for candy! Am I supposed to wait by the phone, hoping you'll call someday? You don't have to worry about me calling, Katie. I don't take sloppy seconds from anyone, especially from the guy who killed my sister! Stunned, Katie stared at David. Jerking out of the jeep, she slammed the door shut. David pulled away, gravel flying. She watched his taillights blur, her eyes filling with tears. She stood in silence, allowing the tears to stream down her face. She slowly turned around and headed for the plantation house. She heard a twig snap. Glancing in that direction, she changed into wolf form. Looking into the trees, she couldn't see anything. The feeling of eyes watching her made her hair stand up. Keeping her senses alert, she walked onto the porch. Looking cautiously into the woods, she changed back into human form and walked into the house. The house seemed empty. Walking through the rooms, she slowly followed the sound of a television. Walking into a room, she stopped dead in her tracks. Her mother was tucked in the shoulder of Reginald Cumberland. His arm was draped around her in a protective manner. They were so engrossed in each other, 
They never even looked up. Katie backed up and quietly left the room. Was she on Mars or another dimension? She had never seen her mother with a man in her life. Now she's gooey-eyed over the butler. Katie shook her head. Not just any butler. Candy's uncle. This would be a great storyline on a soap opera. She walked through the silent house, her emotions so raw. It was a physical ache in her chest. Walking into the library, she saw Reginald's flashlight perched on the empty shelf. Reaching for the flashlight, she studied the shelf till she could see the lever that opened into the secret passageway. Walking down the narrow staircase, she entered the cave to the painted wall. Her flashlight blazed a trail on the wall, highlighting the three figures of the white wolf, tiger, and bear. She walked over and put her finger on the wall, hearing once again the young maiden telling her, This is where the white tiger separates from you. She rested her finger on the spot and looked up at the massive wall. Her finger was only about three feet up from the floor. There was so much left to the story past this point. Just above her finger was the point where she separates from the white tiger. She withdrew her finger and stepped back. She sat down on the ground, trying to decipher the rest of the story. No matter how she tried, all she could see were crude paintings. She heard the soft footfalls coming into the cave. She waited patiently for him to come to her. The steps stopped just a few feet away, waiting patiently. Are you okay? Katie shook her head. No, Jackson, I'm not okay. I felt your emotions earlier. They were pretty intense. What happened? That's funny, because I couldn't feel yours at all. Katie, I know you are upset about me not allowing you to come. You have to understand the circumstances. Katie stood and faced him. I know what the circumstances were, Jackson. The Franklins were implicated, and you shut me out. She pointed the flashlight on the wall. Who are the leaders of the Pure Hearts, Jackson? The wolf, tiger, and bear. This wasn't a family matter. This was a Pure Heart matter, and you shut us down. You don't understand. I understand exactly what's going on. David and I opened up our homes, our loyalty, and our friendship to you and Candy. We accepted both of you into our lives. No questions, no exceptions. She pointed a finger at him. Both of you kept us at a distance. That's not true, Katie. I would do anything for you. Katie shook her head. Except asking me to dinner with your parents. Both of you have kept a very large piece of yourselves away. So when it all falls apart, you can go back to your castle. Where the memory of us have never been and promptly forget we existed. He took a step towards her. She promptly took a step away from him. Your dad is a major player in this fight, yet I have met him only three times. Don't you think that's a little odd? You are categorizing us into little slots. This is where the people we love are, but don't trust, because they are not one of us. I trust you completely. No, you don't! You would not let me attend, or even listen, 
to an important meeting with Tom Franklin. You wanted to talk freely and then filter to me and David only the highlights. That's not trust. It was a courtesy to let the man explain himself. If it was anyone else, like Lizzie's parents, how would you have handled it? Would you have insisted on being there? She waited for his response. I would not have circled the wagon and froze you out, citing it's a family matter. No one who has not known this family for more than 10 years but out. What happened tonight? None of your business! You hold back a large part of your life, but expect me to be completely open with mine. He took a step towards her. I show you the most important part. She shook her head. No, you don't. You have learned how to block your emotions from me. You have never told me how you feel. She gave a derogatory laugh. You have kept me in this container. So if it doesn't work out, you can say, I never actually told her I loved her. I never actually made her any promises. That gives me the out I need to walk away. I don't want to walk away. Really? She folded her arms. You have a funny way of showing it. Don't you want to know what we learned? Katie shook her head. I'm not ready to join forces and forget what happened tonight. I can hear your filtered version of events tomorrow. Katie, I need you in my life. His plea broke her heart. I need you in my life too, Jackson. But not on these terms. They are too one-sided. He turned and walked away. She watched him go as the tears coursed down her cheeks. He paused for just a moment before continuing, the darkness swallowing him up. She waited till she knew he was completely gone. She walked to the hidden bedroom and shut the door. Curling up into a fetus position, she cried until she fell into an exhaustive sleep. Katie, where are you? Katie opened her eyes slowly and sat up. Her eyes felt gritty, and the headache was a full-grown migraine. Katie, if you can hear me, say something. What do you want me to say? She grumbled with her thoughts. Where are you? I'm in the bedroom. I'm in your bedroom. You're not here. I'm not in my bedroom. I'm in the bedroom in the cave. Are you alone? Frustrated, Katie balled her hands into fists. Of course I'm alone. Immediately, she heard the pounding on the staircase as two sets of feet bounded down. She got up and walked to the door, opening it just in time to see Zach's worried face. You are not to go anywhere without me. She rolled her eyes. I thought we were through with that. She recognized the determined glint in his eyes. You almost turned into a wolf robot because I let you go to the sheriff's office by yourself. I'm not going to let that happen again. Not on my watch. Katie rubbed her eyes. If you and Cluxy would have been with me, you would have died or turned into a robot yourself. I'm a much faster runner than the two of you, and I just barely got away. We could have slowed them down, Cluxy said. She folded her arms. My life is just as important as yours. You're a leader, Zach pointed out. Leaders are to be protected at all costs. Katie glanced up into Zach's face, realizing she had never told him he will be playing a significant role in their fight. Zach, you need to come with me. She pushed through the two bodyguards, entering the part of the cave where the Indian paintings covered the walls. 
She then projected everything she saw in her dream of the Indian maiden. When she finished, she turned to her two bodyguards. Cluxy started cussing up a storm. What am I, chump change? Zack's face split into a grin. He turned to Cluxy. I'm a leader, he laughed. I'm in charge of you. The hell you are, Cluxy said gruffly. I'm not having anyone like you bossing me around. Zack pointed to the wall. See that? The wolf, tiger, and the bear. He shook his head, laughing at Cluxy's reaction. The bear is the big man on top. Katie couldn't help grinning over Zack's reaction. That's me, top man, he crowed, rubbing it in a little more. Katie waited until it looked like the two would actually start fighting before she stepped in. Zack, there are a few things I need to discuss with you. If you can refrain from punching Cluxy in the face, I would appreciate it. Zack stopped what he was doing, giving her his full attention. Every full moon, we are attacked. She sighed in frustration. We know it's coming. We have no idea where they will strike. But you can count on it being on around the same time every month. I don't have to tell you the damage is significant. She started pacing the length of the wall. Frankly, I'm tired of just waiting for them to attack. Plain defense. She stopped in front of him. Tyler once told me we could choose the location of the fight because we know who they are after. Us. She looked into Zack's dark brown eyes. I need you to come up with a plan to have a battle that will stop these attacks once and for all. We need to significantly wipe out a good portion of their numbers to make them stop and think before attacking us again, she sighed. Jackson believes they were going to come at us with everything they had this full moon or the next. She shrugged. This full moon, they sent the wolves. Next full moon, we have to be ready to stop everything they throw at us. She pointed at the wall. The Indian maiden said, you will never be beaten in battle. I'm counting on that. I know you have the ability to finish this part of our fight once and for all. Zack turned and faced the wall, looking at the three leaders portrayed. Facing her, he gave her a quick salute. You can count on me, Great Wolf. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. If you are enjoying this series and would like to help support it, I have created a pod fan and Patreon account where you can donate. The best thing you can do is tell your friends and family about this series and let them participate. Until next week, when our imaginations meet again, have a great day.